Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name's Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Michael, week one, you ready to go? We are so back. We are so very back. Yes. So back. It feels good. It feels, it feels good great. to be back. It's good to be back in the saddle here, previewing some games. And Mike, boy, are there games to preview. We have quite a slate in front of us. Um, I am so excited that I forgot to count how many games we have. Let's see. There's 4, 8, 11, 13 games this weekend in the ACC. That's a whole hell of a lot. Yes. Plenty. Plenty of action. Yeah. So, if, and, and by the way, it's spread across five days. So if you have missed ACC football as much as we have, this is the weekend for you. It is. Absolutely is. So, Mike, let's let's just jump right in. Of course, we do have a lot of games to preview, so I don't I do want to jump right in and not waste any more time. Um, I, I, I do want to say, though, before we jump in. We need to mention that once again this season, we are sponsored by BetUS, the online sports book. It is America's favorite online sports book. They've been in business for well over 30 years. Uh, really fantastic for betting on college football or anything else, all sorts of other sports. Uh, if you want to bet the NFL, they've got a lot of cool different props up for NFL players and, and the teams and the season coming up. Uh, baseball coming around the corner, down to, you know, heading down to the playoffs. Uh, got betting on that horse racing, soccer, UFC. I'm seeing table tennis and politics and surfing. Anything you want to bet on, uh, go check out BetUS for that. They are providing us with all of our odds this season. So, Mike, if you find a, a bet on this show and a, and a spread or a total that we're talking about that you really want to go uh, get a little action on, you know where to go. Yeah, odds will be coming from BetUS, so any line we mention, any total we mention, any prop that we mention, all coming from BetUS. That's right. That's right. Use promo code GOACC, making a minimum $100 deposit uh, to get a 125% bonus on sports, uh, or use promo code GOACC200 on your first deposit of at least $100 with cryptocurrency to get a 200% bonus. So go put in $100. If it's crypto, you could get up to $300 in credit uh, to, to be actually betting with there, Mike. So uh, very much recommend that people go do that if this is the kind of thing that they're interested in. And uh, please use that promo code. It helps us out quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, please do. Seriously. All right, Mike, let's move on. Once again, all lines and totals provided by BetUS, the online sports book that is America's favorite. 6.30 Central. We are, well, all right, so 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. God's time. All right. Good start. Good start. 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. This is Thursday night, Mike, kicking off the weekend with the NC State Wolfpack taking on the South Florida Bulls. NC State, an 18.5-point home favorite. Total is 59 points. Uh, a pretty healthy Pretty healthy spread here to start off the year for the Wolfpack. But then again, Mike, USF, not really what they were a few years ago. They, they new head coach Jeff Scott a couple years ago. You'll remember that he was the offensive coordinator from Clemson. ACC alum. ACC alumnus. But yep. they they have been on some hard times in that program here the last few years. This should be a fairly easy kind of slam dunk warm-up spot for NC State. Yeah, being caught on hard times is a really diplomatic way to put it. They suck. <laughs> They're really bad. Um, NC 
let's not overthink this. I'm really interested to see how Devin Leary and this offense looks in game one. Um, look, I, full disclosure, as you guys have probably heard in these podcasts that Joey and I have been recording over the last couple months, I am very high on NC State this year. Mm-hmm. So um, I like the Wolfpack big here, game one. I like them to win and cover. I probably will not be actually betting this game, Joey. Um, I try against my better judgment not to bet 18 and a half point spreads. Seems like a lot. Um, the total at 59 is interesting. So I'm not sure how much South Florida scores this football game, Joey. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'd probably lean under there, but I am probably not betting this with my money. Let's just put it that way. Or, or with Van Gorder coins. With any Either. Van Gorder coin. Yeah, no. Now we're gonna put zero Van Gorder coin on this. <laughs> I uh, so uh, worth mentioning. I, I think I am gonna put some Van Gorder coin on it. So hmm, are if, you? I am. Yeah. So for those who listen to our our big season preview, you'll know that we we put some Van Gorder coin, our new official currency of the Basketball Conference podcast. Uh, we put some of that on a few win totals throughout the conference. We're gonna kind of keep that rolling through the season. Although the thing was with this with the win totals, we started with a hundred, and we we're gonna see who comes away with the most. Mike, for the season overall, we're going to start with 500, and we're just going to let that ride and see how long it takes both of us to run out. Yep. Um, so starting with 500 Van Gorder coin, I'm going to go ahead and put 20 on them, 20 of them on NC State to cover 18 and a half. Um, like you said, I, this is it, it's a little bit of liking NC State, but it's to me in a way, it's more of just I, I do not think highly of USF at all. Um, that I mean, that was a team that two years ago, Georgia Tech beat for the first year for the first win of the Jeff Collins era. They won that game 14 to 10. That's how you know they had to be real bad. Yeah. I mean, like absolute mess. So Georgia Tech and Georgia Tech in year one was running like spread and wing key. Yes. And the Bryles offense and the air raid and like Stanford's pro style thing. It just depended on the week. It was really dumb. Yeah. That wasn't a that wasn't just a veiled. I wasn't trying to make like a veiled shot at Georgia Tech as a program. That was just like year one was just like I, you know, we were we were drawing up plays in the dirt. Yeah, yeah, it was a total mess. I, I think USF had to like fumble the ball on the one yard line to you know give Georgia Tech's defense a goal line stand or something to win that game. But the point is, USF bad enough that two years ago they lost to that that year one, year zero, year negative one Jeff Collins team uh, at Georgia Tech. I like I, I like NC State. I really don't like USF here. So eighteen and a half, kind of a lot, but I do think this is a game that NC State can pretty easily like run away with. I mean, this this could be easy like a thirty-eight to ten game. So, you know, I'll take NC State minus the eighteen and a half. Give me twenty Van Gorder coin on that, and I, I'm with you. I like the under. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a bet on that though. So we'll yep. leave that where it is. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. All right, Mike, that's the only ACC game on Thursday. Friday, starting at 6 o'clock on ESPN, coming to you live from Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia. Mike, your Virginia Tech Hokies play host to the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, North Carolina, of course, ranked number 10. North Carolina, a a 5.5-point favorite. Total is 64. Mike, you've been uh, been kind of telegraphing your thoughts on this game here for, for a couple weeks now and within some of these previews. You uh, you feeling real bold? <laughs> uh, I am. So yes, <laughs> I'm feeling bold. Virginia Tech plus five and a half. Lock it up, Joey. Oh, 
You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Consider it locked. I I promise you this is this is not rooted in me being a total homer. I do have some reasons here. So, um, number one, let, let's start with this. North Carolina, we talked about the skill position. They've talent. They've lost at length, right? Um, we've talked about Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Daz Newsome, Deami Brown, um, and we we've talked about you know they've lost at length, but. Then you dig a little bit deeper. Bo Corrales is out, right? He's one of the returning receivers that, you know, Sam Howell was going to be able to throw to. Coffrey Brown is not starting on the two deep. Um, we expected Coffrey Brown to be one of their best receivers this year. Um, he's not starting on the two deep. Um, he's been limited by a lower body injury in practice. Um, I think he will play, but how much he plays is kind of up in the air doesn't sound like he's totally going to be completely healthy from message boards that I've read. So that, that's on the North Carolina site, by the way, for, for 24 seven. So I'll take their word for it. Um, North Carolina returns a, an offensive line, really good run blocking unit. Um, North Carolina has a talented back in Ty Chandler, whose stats don't blow you off the page when looking at what he did at Tennessee, but it's reasonable to expect that, um, you know, will be able to be a bit better behind North Carolina's veteran offensive line. Um, what it really comes down to for me is there, there's a lot of – Sam Howell is an excellent quarterback. He's the best quarterback in the ACC, one of the two or three best in college football. Um, if this is a, a close game late, I do trust Sam Howell to make a play to push UNC over the top. But to be quite honest with you, this is more of a gut-feeling pick. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this and – I'm seeing these guys hurt for North Carolina on the outside. I'm seeing 5,000 yards and, you know, 50 touchdowns worth of production lost. And Sam Howell's great, but you're only as great as the skilled position talent around you. And I think North Carolina's got plenty of it. And if this game was in like mid-October, I don't think Virginia Tech would have much of a chance. Um, they gave up 70 sacks last, you know, the last two years, North Carolina. They, they gave up 34 sacks last year. Um, this is a really interesting set saw from 24 seven sports. So um, North Carolina was seventh nationally in 2019 and ninth in 2020 in percentage of pressures leading to sacks. So basically what hmm. that means is every four pressures against Sam Howell results in a sack. Now, does that mean it's all on the offensive line? No. Um, Sam Howell sometimes holds on to the ball too long because they have, you know, deep developing routes down the field. They like to hit their big time position players on, on big chunk plays. And they've been very successful at it, by the way, um, with the receivers that they've had and North Carolina has got plenty of talent on offense. Um, I just have this weird feeling, Joey, like Virginia tech had no business with who they had out in the secondary last year. They had no business being in that game in the second half and North Carolina just let tech hang around. And tech rotating quarterbacks and Khalil Herb had a great game and he's going to be tough to replace. I fully admit that, but I just have a weird feeling about this game. And, and these games between tech and North Carolina are always really, really close and good games. Um, I think tech poppers, I think they're going to have a great chance to win. It's just a gut feeling. Um, a lot of people worry about tech situationally, but I, look, Justin Fuente, it, what you want about the coaching staff, Joey, right? And plenty, and, and 
I will be the first to admit, and I've said on this podcast, they are not without any faults, right? And you and I both <laughs> say that at length, but they are really good. I will give them credit here. They are really good at advanced scouting their opponents. Um, Virginia Tech is 4-1 and one in season openers under Justin Fuente. Two of Fuente's biggest wins at Virginia Tech are in season openers. 2017 against West Virginia. 2018 on the road at Florida State. Um, the 17 game was a neutral site at FedEx. This is the first really big home game he's had as the head coach of Virginia Tech to open the year. Um, it's going to be a raucous atmosphere. I think Tech's going to have an opportunity. Sam Howell's a difference maker. If he makes a couple big-time throws, that could put Carolina over the top. Carolina's more talented, I think, but I just have a weird feeling about Tech in this game. I think they could win it outright, but I'm definitely taking a plus five and a half. I'm going to bet 20 and Gorder coin on that, Joey. I'm confident Tech covers here. I'm 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 very torn on what to do here um, because I, I I I do think North Carolina is going to be very good this year. I I picked them to win the coastal. I've talked all sorts of mess about Virginia Tech and all this such, but at the same time you're right. Like you can't ignore the trend of Virginia Tech being very ready to play first game of the year under Justin Fuente. That's that's been a trend. Um, I I can't help but get away from the idea that. This will be the first time you've had a significant amount of fans at the stadium in Blacksburg for, you know, two years now. Like, as much of a raucous atmosphere as, as Lane Stadium normally would be, like, you have to think it'll be there'll be an extra level, an extra gear to it here in, in this game in particular on Friday night. Um, so there, there's a lot of things that are kind of br- bringing me back, drawing me back towards Virginia Tech and making that pick. I think what I'm going to do, Mike, I think I'm going to take Virginia Tech to cover, but I think North Carolina wins the game outright, wins it close. And and the difference to me, I, I think, really does come down to the quarterback battle. Like, if I give the ball, if it's a tie game with four minutes left, and I give the ball to Sam Howell, or I give the ball to Braxton Burmeister, I have very different feelings about how that's going to go. Yep. Like... So I, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Braxton Burmeister. So give me give me Sam Howell and give me North Carolina to win that game. Um, I, I think they'll get it done. But I, like like I said, you know, I, I think this could be could very well be a very close game to where North Carolina only wins, you know, 31, 27 or something like that. A, a four point game kind of thing. So give me five and a half with Virginia Tech at home. Uh, I'm not going to lock it up. I'm not going to bet it. But um but I'll, I'll take Virginia Tech to cover there. Total is 64. I I kind of see it going under that. I don't think this turns into a track meet, even even considering the state of the defenses on both sides of the ball. Joe, I, I saw a tweet this afternoon that 98% of the money right now is coming in on the under, which is an obnoxious, an obnoxious amount. Yeah, like unheard of amount. What, yeah. Like, it, like one shop in one place or like what? 98% yeah. of the money on the under? Are you kidding me? On the under. On the under. And they must not have been watching these Virginia Tech games, Joey, because these Virginia Tech-North Carolina games almost always go over. But there's a lot of uncertainty with Burmeister. They're replacing a 1,000-yard running back in Herbert. North Carolina's re- you know, not returning much at all at the skill positions in terms of proven production. So there are some questions. Yeah. Very fair. But, Very fair. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'll t- I'll take the under, but again, no uh, no bet on that either. 
yeah, I, I actually like the under here as well. Um, I, I think it's going to have to go under for Virginia Tech to win the game. So I, I will say right. that with that caveat. I think if it's high scoring, I think favor the Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and I think that's something too, to, to kind of keep an eye on as you watch this game in the first quarter or so is, is Virginia Tech going to try to slow the game down, try to limit possessions a little bit? You know, and that seems like that would be the smart thing to do. So just kind of monitor Virginia Tech's game plan, I think, to, to get an idea of how you think it's going to turn out. Yeah, Tech did that against Clemson. You'll remember last year, Joey, and mm-hmm. our big takeaway when we recapped that game was like, why didn't they continue doing that? Because they were actually in that, like legitimately in the football game for a while, like way longer than, I mean, we thought it would be a smut film. Um, <laughs> that game was over, that, that we thought it would be over like middle of the first half, and it just wasn't. Um, it kind of lingered so, in like late into the third quarter, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was a good game plan. It kept him in the game. Right. And, and for those saying, oh, well, tech won a high scoring game a couple of years ago. I'm like, yeah, they won 43, 41 with the six overtimes. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. Like that was high scoring the entire time. What was it like 24 all at, at the end of the regulation or whatever it was yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, they, they went to six, they, they went to six extra periods. Right. Like, yes. Yeah. It, that's what it took to get to. 84 points so yes it went over but it wasn't like it was an easy over (laughs) that was a wild game that was insane yeah insane all right we're both on virginia tech and the under you've got 20 van gorder coin let's keep moving here mike i can't i can't believe you picked tech i can't believe it i can't believe you picked tech against the spread yeah well it's like you said i mean it's some of the injury stuff and it's the atmosphere and I, I'm with you. I've kind of got a funny feeling about it for some reason or another. And it's just all of that. It's like, I don't want to be left in the cold taking North Carolina to cover five and a half. And then you dancing on my grave on Monday. Oh, no, I, yeah. That doesn't sound like me. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> seven uh-huh. o'clock, seven o'clock on the ACC network. The Wake Forest Steam and Deeks hosting the Old Dominion, uh, the Monarchs. Monarchs, that's what it was. Wake is a 31-point favorite. Total is 63 and a half. I, I, I mean, I don't know. 31 points with Wake, but it's also Old Dominion, who's going to be garbage. Yeah, Joey, I, I have a question. Can we lock up more than one game? I, it's your show. You do what you want. It's... I guess it's as much mine as it is yours, right? Um, <laughs> Wake Forest minus 31. Lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock Man. it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Mike, double locks like right out the gate here. I like I, it. I have a problem. You know, <laughs> I do. I, Joey, Old Dominion hasn't played a game in like almost two calendar years. Um, they're oh, in a year one true. coaching situation with Ricky Rainey. Um, I forgot Wake's about offense. That. Wake's got a lot returning on offense. Uh, Hartman, Christian Beal Smith, Corey Roberson outside. Um, and, you know, we talked to Connor O'Neill in our, you know, preseason preview. The one thing that he mentioned was that the question is really going to be about Wake Forest defense, but Old Dominion have enough on offense to really make it competitive um, with Wake Forest defense or expose Wake Forest defense. So I just. I think it's an easy, easy cover here, Joey. Um, something like 45-7 or something like that. I, I'm probably leaning under on the uh, total. Total sitting at 63.5, probably leaning under. Um, 
obviously if i lock it up i got to place some van gorder coin on it so i'll place <laughs> 20 on on this as well i'm, pre- I'm pretty confident in wake forest here obviously um and i and i'll probably lean under as well because i'm just not sure how much old me is going to score that's fair. That's fair. I and I didn't realize it, it kind of escaped me that Old Dominion hadn't played at all last year. For what it's worth, SP Plus, considering home field advantage and all that, would have Wake Forest as like a twenty-nine point favorite. Which, when SP Plus is giving you discrepancies that that high, I mean, Old Dominion is like the third or fourth worst team in the country right now by those latest SP Plus projections. So uh, that's that's not a good look. Not a good place for them to be. I yeah. Hokies are breathing a sigh of relief that Old Dominion is not on the schedule. That's a game they, they would lose. <laughs> you said it, not me. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm going to take Wake Forest here. I'm not going to lock him up. I'm not going to I'm not going to bet it either just because I don't want to be in the habit of giving 31 points with much of any of these lock bets. I didn't say in the half. I said try it once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been a while. You're, uh, you know, you're waiting to fire on a bunch of these as much as possible, I guess. Yeah, you have to check my arms when this thing's done. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm with you on the under. I I don't think that they're going to get a whole lot of help from Old Dominion here. This I, I feel like any of these teams that we see this weekend, and this goes for even non ACC games, you know, whatever. These teams that you see this weekend that haven't really played a game in like two years is going to be a rough, rough scene. Um, I mean, you saw, and I realized how bad UConn was before not playing last year, but then last week you saw them lose 45 to nothing to Fresno, like completely uncompetitive. Like, I feel like that's a lot of what we're going to see from these teams that need to, uh, need to get back into game shape a little bit, so to speak. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, but man, yeah, I just can't get, I can't get past the fact that Old Dominion is just awful. I know. Very disappointing. Just can't get past it. My boy, uh, my boy Taylor Heineke went there, and uh, they were awesome when he when he was there. And then it's been quickly downhill ever since. I do enjoy watching him play. That's right. Pride of uh, Collins Hill High School. It turns out, go Eagles. Yeah, that's relatable. <laughs> it is for me, Mike. <laughs> uh, anyways, wake in the under. You've got twenty Van Gorder coin on the wake, and another locked pick. So uh, we'll we'll go from there. Uh, also at 7 o'clock, this one on the CBS Sports Network on Friday evening. The Duke Blue Devils, a 6.5-point favorite on the road, taking on the Charlotte 49ers. Uh, this, of course, coming to you from Jerry Richardson Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Mike, Duke is only a 6.5-point favorite against a team named Charlotte. Are you spooked by that line at all? Yeah, a little bit. Um let me follow that up with it with another question. Is this a sucker bet? Feels like it could be. It does, doesn't it? Um, For what it's worth, considering home field advantage, SP Plus right. would make Duke like something like a two point favorite, right? And here they're given six and a half. Yeah, I um, I like Will Healy as a coach at Charlotte. He's done a nice job. Um, I like his culture. Uh, you know, club lit and all that. And he tries to get the most out of what he's got there. Club Good for him. Lit. Yeah. Yeah. A club lit. Um, I don't think, I don't think club lit's going to be jumping this weekend, Joey. I think Duke's a terrible football team, but I think they're going to beat Charlotte. I don't the in my opinion, I don't, I don't think the hype around Will Healy himself as a coach matches the roster that Charlotte has. Like, I just don't, 
I don't think Charlotte's good enough. Um, now, Duke's atrocious. So, I, well, we don't know anything, right? The games, games haven't kicked off yet. I think Duke is atrocious, right? Um, mm-hmm. We'll see. I um, don't anticipate Duke to be very good. I think they're better than Charlotte. I, I'm taking I'm taking Duke um, minus six and a half. Um, I am not betting it. It's not going to be an official an official bet for me. Not putting any Van Gorder coins on this baby. Um, over unders at sixty, man. I probably lean under. I mean, <laughs> these are two bad offenses. I think. Yep. But yep. Maybe two bad defenses too, Joey. Who knows? Could be. Uh, Mike Duke, lock it up. You better lock oh, it up. you better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Wow. Coming, coming in hot here, Mike. Uh, wow. Throwing, Locking throwing, up the fight in cut clips. That's right. Throwing 20 Van Gorder coin on it. Duke in six and a half. Right. Duke's not very good. Charlotte, not very good. But, you know, this should be competitive. It's in Charlotte's building. So why am I giving six and a half with Duke on the road? Because, Mike, they played last year in Duke 153 to 19. <laughs> I mean, and it was and, bad last year, too. They were, yeah. They were turning the ball, like, and they just wiped the floor with Charlotte last year. Like, this is the kind of game that, yes, like, Duke is going to look bad at a number of points this year. And, you know, maybe they get a boost from Gunnar Holmberg from Chase Bryce, you know, some of that sort of stuff. But, like, this is the kind of game that David Cutcliffe is not going to let his guys just, like, sleepwalk through and, and screw around and find out, right? Like, they are going to take care of business as if they were twice as good as they actually are like this is this is a team that has at least a little bit of talent and certainly a lot more than charlotte has um so i i, I think duke is going to win this game comfortably i i'm with you on the under again i i don't know th- th- this is going to get super high scoring but i could see like a 35 17 kind of result um so with a total of 60 yeah give me give me the under but most importantly we're locking up duke putting 20 van gorder coin on it let's go I... Okay. <laughs> Better you than me, but you're probably thinking the same thing when I locked up Virginia Tech. So I <laughs> thought that was bold. We're off and running. We're <laughs> off and running. This <laughs> is this is the week one pre. We we're not even pacing ourselves, Joe. We got like we got like 13, 14 weeks of this. We're, we're not pacing ourselves. Fire for the head. All gas, no brakes, Mike. All gas, uh, no brakes. Right. Let's move to Saturday, uh, 7:30 p.m. on ABC. This is the big one. The number three Clemson Tigers taking on the number five Georgia Bulldogs from a neutral site of Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Clemson, once again, a three-point favorite. Total is 51 points, Mike. This is the marquee matchup of opening weekend. We're going to talk a lot about how much this heavily impacts both teams' playoff resumes, and then when one of them loses, we're going to talk about how they could still make the playoff even if they lose, so... Take that for what you will. Who do you like here? Who do you got? Yeah, so I'm of the opinion this game is a lot more important to Georgia than it is to Clemson. Um, Interesting. Here's that. Uh, Clemson could lose this game, run the table, win the ACC championship, and they're probably in the playoff, right? Um, Georgia can lose this game. They run through the SEC, losing the SEC championship, and then have two losses to um, two playoff teams, <laughs> right? Because 
whoever wins the SEC championship is going to be in the playoff, and I would assume that Clemson gets in too. Mm-hmm. Right? So then at that point, why are you putting George in? Right. Fair question, right? So Yeah, but if, but okay, but put it this way, you know, so again, from a playoff resume standpoint, if Georgia loses this game, they could still go and, and run the table, win in Atlanta, and they'll make yes. the playoff. So who cares? Right. Okay. Yeah. But fair. if Clemson right, right. if Clemson loses this game, like what's left on their schedule, even including the ACC championship game, that's going to really boost that resume. Like they'd have to look real convincing, real quick against everybody. And at that point, it helps having the name brand. And you know, you've you've been a national champion in the recent years, and you keep making the playoff every year. Like all that stuff. Like that'll help you get you there. But like objective resume and just who have you beat is going to really lose some wind out of the sails if they lose this game to Georgia. Well, that's fair. I mean, you can argue both ways. That's fair. Um, I think the two things we've learned about the college football playoff and why we argue, not you and I in particular, but just like in general as a populace, why we argue about these things is because what matters is not only who you lose to, but when you lose, right? Yep. Um, and, and to your point, right, if, if Clemson were to lose to Georgia, like Clemson would have to look really convincing. Well... Most of the time they do, right, against ACC competition. Most of the time they do. So let's say they lose to Georgia. They look really convincing the rest of the way. You know, it, it's all about not only who you lose to, but how you lose. And if Clemson or Georgia loses a close game here, um, my, my personal opinion is that it matters more if Georgia loses a close game because I think if they lose an SEC championship game, the committee – sees two losses on there and they're like, ah, maybe there's some, but maybe there's an undefeated Cincinnati out there, right. That they can sneak in. Maybe there's right. Right. <laughs> it I, could happen. I, by the way, I, I bet on Cincinnati to make the playoff. They were plus 2,400. I, I put a little money on that. Figured that was worth a flyer. Not, um, not bad. Odds. odds are too good. Yeah. Odds are too good. Um, all right. So, so to the game itself, I think George is the best team in the sec. Okay. Okay. Now, talent-wise, I think they're the best team in the SEC. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, think, I think from a straight-up like roster standpoint, that's arguably like the best roster in the country. Yeah. Now, yeah, agree. I don't trust Kirby Smart. Mm-mm. No, don't nope. trust Kirby Smart. Um, I'm picking Clemson. I'm picking Clemson. Georgia's got a better roster. Georgia's the more talented team. We don't say that often in a game that Clemson's playing in. We've said a handful of times in, in five going on six years of this podcast where we're like, yep, Clemson is not as talented as this team. We've said maybe less than less than five times, I'd argue. Mm-hmm. I think Clemson wins a football game because they're better coached. And I could see this going either direction. I love the over. I think if it's high scoring, it favors Clemson. Um, the one thing I'll say about Georgia is I think JT Daniels is the most talented quarterback that Kirby Smart has had. I think he's better than Jake Fromm. Um, he's better Fields than Justin Fields. I don't, I don't count Justin Fields. He didn't play. <laughs> um, I don't count. I, I knew that was coming. Um, I don't count Justin Fields. He didn't play. But he's the most talented quarterback that Kirby Smart's had um, that's relevant to this conversation. <laughs> now, does that does that matter? Right? What is What does Georgia's offense look like? And that's the biggest question that's a million dollar question with Georgia for me this year because, you know, talented roster, really good running backs, outstanding defense. Um, 
probably the best skill position talent on the outside they've had in a while under Kirby Smart. But my whole thing is that Georgia loves to be in those like 14 to 10 games. They love to be in those 10, you know, Kirby Smart's perfectly happy winning a game like 13 to three. He's cool with that. He hasn't adapted like Nick Saban has, Joey. Nick Saban saw the tides were turning. No pun intended. Saw the tide was turning um, with, with the way college football was being played. So what did he do? He got a bunch of coordinators that were willing to score like 45 or 50 points a game. And he changed the way that he coached. Georgia hasn't really done that. Kirby hasn't really done that. I don't trust Kirby smart, Joey. I'm taking Clemson. Clemson wins a close one. Yep. I, I, I'm with you for basically the same reasons. Is like... Yes, Georgia has a better roster. Yes, JT Daniels is a little bit more of an established quarterback, like all this stuff. But there's just there's just something about that team that I, I, it's it's hard to put my finger on. But like they, I, I've started to come to this realization recently, Mike, and I think it was uh, I think it was Danny Cannell on the Cover Cover Three podcast that was talking about at some point. I know, you know where this is going. This was, yeah, this was probably about six weeks ago when uh, it was announced that they were getting uh, Eric Gilbert and Darion Kendrick transferring into the program. And everyone was just beside themselves of, gosh, like this is such a wildly talented roster. Like they're going to win the national title, like all this stuff. And, and Danny Cannell brought up the fact that he said, you know, sometimes bringing in these highly talented guys it actually doesn't help your program. It, it actually can serve to splinter the locker room. It, it can it can cause drama between guys. It can cause issues with the coaching staff, and and they you know they want to get certain guys playing time, but that means that other guys have to ride the bench. And there's just you know there's a lot of these like things you have to balance. That this isn't Madden, Mike. Like just because I add a 98 player to my team. Right. Doesn't mean my team is like decidedly better than it was before. Ask Miami. Yeah, he's a bunch of human beings, <laughs> right? You know, right. and, and you got to manage personalities and get buy-in and all this stuff. And now, guess what? Eric Gilbert is not with the program. He's he's gone doing personal things. Scott Cochran, the the special teams coordinator they got from Alabama, he's not with the program. He's doing personal stuff. Like, there's just stuff going on here that doesn't happen at Alabama. That doesn't happen at Clemson. That Hasn't happened at Ohio State since Urban Meyer left. Like, all nice these out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, you know, there's shenanigans that follow Urban Meyer around. He, he's that girl that hates drama but doesn't really know why he keeps finding her. Yeah, that's Urban yeah. Meyer. Yeah, that's wow. What an analogy. <laughs> yes. Um, anyways, all of that to say, I just, I, I don't believe that Georgia is in a place where they're going to put it all together. Yeah, they might have more talent than Clemson does, but I just, like you said, I trust that Clemson's talent is better coached. I I kind of think a little bit that JT Daniels and what we saw at the end of last year, what everyone was starting to fawn about, might have been a little bit of fool's gold considering who who they were playing and where they were on the schedule. Like Mississippi State was had like 52 players in uniform for that game that JT Daniels started. It was like... Okay, yeah, but who did you who was defending that you were throwing these passes against? I don't know, stuff like this. Right. Give me Clemson. I think Clemson wins. I would not be surprised at all if Georgia wins. They are fully nah, capable right. of winning. They're good. But They're good. Big game after big game, we have seen Kirby Smart and and this coaching staff and this program find ways to lose. Right. And I've said before, I don't think Dabo's brilliant, but you know, I think the things that they've accomplished trump what Kirby Smart has accomplished, and and they've got more skins on the wall. 
it's it what it really comes down to is I, I trust Dabo's assistance more than I trust Kirby's assistance. It's not yep. it's not a Dabo versus Kirby one on one thing. Anybody who knows college football and knows how these programs work, these guys are more like CEOs, right? Um, mm-hmm. Nobody's taking Dabo for an X's and O's guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and those are people in the industry. I mean, I, I, you and I don't know that personally. We, we don't know. We're just fans. But that's what people in the industry say. So we take them at their word. Exactly. Uh, give me Clemson minus three. I, I think they win this game. Uh, I, I, if if I got to split hairs, that's where I'm going. I'm going with Clemson. Yep. But this this is a game I'm going to try to watch fairly closely. It should be a very fun game to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, really should set the tone for, for both of these programs and for, for a lot of the country yep. there on Saturday night. Agree. Yeah, we're we're splitting hairs. Could go either direction. Coin flip. I won't be betting it. No, nope. It'll be fun. No, nope. It'll be fun to watch. Sit back and watch. And like you said, total's 51. I think I like the over. I think I do too. I, I think these teams are going to try, try to take some deep shots and they're going to get their points in. So give me Clemson something like 34-28, something yep. like that. Yep, that's fair. If Georgia, I'll tell you what, Joey, if Georgia wins a shootout, um, that team's going to be good. They'll have earned <laughs> like, it. They'll have earned it. Gonna be, it's going to be a different Georgia if they win a shootout. I will say that. Yeah. Well, and picking Clemson is a little bit to do, too, with kind of what I think DJ Uyengalale, Big Cinco, is going to be. Yeah. I'll um, slide that in there. He's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. I like as much as I'm not so sure on JT Daniels, I, I think what we saw in limited action of big Cinco last year, I, I think they are in plenty good hands at the quarterback yeah, position. I agree. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Let's move on three thirty on ABC from Mercedes Benz stadium in the beautiful, beautiful Atlanta, Georgia, the number 14 Miami hurricanes taken on the number one Alabama crimson tide and Mike the Canes are a paltry 19 and a half point underdog is 19 and a half enough for you to take the Canes here. Joey, Alabama, when they've struggled against good teams in the past, what kind of quarterback have they had to deal with? Uh, mobile quarterbacks. That's right. Dear King, assuming he's healthy. Mobile quarterback, right? Big assumption, but yes, decidedly yes. mobile quarterback. Right. Um, I'm taking Miami. To cover or... Oh, God, Jesus, relax. <laughs> I, I said we're off and running. I, I didn't say, like, let's, you know. <laughs> let's, let's, let's bet my future kids, you know, tuition on... <laughs> Miami and put two in my brain. I, I'm not asking <laughs> to do that. Um, Continue. I'm, t- I'm taking Miami. I, I see Alabama's replacing a lot. They're going to be decidedly better. I, Miami's, you know, Miami's my pick to win the Coastal, and if they don't, they're. I still anticipate they'll be they'll be pretty good. Um, I think Miami's a good team. They're they're returning a lot. Questions up front on the defensive side of the ball at defensive end in particular, where they replace. Uh, Rousseau and Phillips, Jalen Phillips, um, two very good pass rushers to the NFL. Um, I I think this is like a backdoor cover situation. <laughs> For as good as I think Miami is going to be this year, I think it's a backdoor cover situation. Alabama is on a different level. I think they win comfortably. I think Miami hangs around. Um, but yeah, I 
I like Miami to cover here. Um, as much fun as I made of you, Mike, I think I agree. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I'm going to say I agree. And, and it's a little bit the same thing here, right? Is, is believing it's, it's, I see it as a backdoor cover situation. Um, I think Alabama does win fairly comfortably here. The thing that I, that I'm starting to notice the pattern that's that one of my buddies down here in Houston, who's an Alabama alumnus has pointed out to me is that in these games where Alabama is like a pretty comfortable winner, they're actually they actually have a pretty bad track record, especially in some of these season opener games and such, in terms of like an against the spread, uh, an against the spread result. Right. Um, they they get up by as much as they feel like they need to get up by, and they kind of coast. And it's it was a little bit the same situation as you saw last year in the playoff game against Notre Dame, where Notre Dame scores a touchdown with like thirty seconds left to to cover. Alabama just didn't care to score to run up the score any more than they did. Right. If, right. I think if they wanted to, they could probably win this game, you know, 52 to 17 or something like that and cover pretty easily. But I don't think they want to. Well, and, and that's that's the thing, too. I I mean, we're never worried about what Alabama's got all across the field. Right. Like. And. Nor, I don't I, I don't want to tie this back to North Carolina, but like if North Carolina were to Virginia Tech by a lot on Friday night. I think we could fairly, you know, I think it would be a fairly safe assumption to say, oh, they had four and five star skill position talent that we weren't anticipating contributing the way that they did. Right. Um, Alabama has been recruiting at a level and Clemson is the equivalent, obviously, in the ACT that's been recruiting at a level that's so far beyond what most programs in college football can even imagine doing that. They got four and five star talent ready to step in. Now Alabama's got John Mechie, and he's very good at receiver. And Bryce Young is a five star quarterback. Like they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not sure that Alabama can step. And, and maybe this might be an old take exposed thing, right? But I'm not sure Alabama can just like step on Miami's neck real easily in the opener. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I think it might take them a little while to try to pull away. It's probably fair. Probably fair. Um, yeah, I, that's that's the the question mark to me is Alabama's offense, and it's it's not even. I, I'm not even concerned about Bryce Young. I mean, the things that I've heard no. from when he was being scouted in high school and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the next in line. You know, I saw today that picture of uh, Tua, Jalen Hurts, and and Mac Jones Mac. in the in the yeah. locker room after one of the national title games, smoking cigars, and saying like these are all starting quarterbacks in the NFL now. I mean, I'm sure Bryce Young will be there one day too. I, I'm almost, I have almost more questions about Bill O'Brien coming in and running that offense. Like that's just, there's something different when you've got a different person with a different thought process calling plays um, that, that might take some getting used to, you know, everybody feeling each other out and getting, getting used to kind of what everyone likes. So I, I'm with you. I'm going to take Miami. I, I think this is something like a 42-24 or something like that, which would be like a, a 28 or a, an 18 point difference, but that would mean Miami covers 19 and a half. So I think give me the Canes plus the 19 and a half, but not by much. Um, and I was leaning under on the total, but now I'm not so sure. I'm going to, I'm going to probably just back off that. I don't even know that I have a pick on the, uh, on the over under there. I, I, I'm, I won't be betting this. Um, yeah. 
I just sit back and enjoy the ride with this one too. Yeah, I and get the Eric King again, out of there healthy. For purposes of this podcast, I will say that this is going under, but I will not be betting this game. Fair enough. Fair enough. For purposes of the podcast, I i mean, I just said 42-24, so I guess over, but that's only over by like three and a half points. So I was going to say over by what? So, yeah, I, I would not. I'm not betting it either. So right. leaving it alone. Right. All right. Miami, backdoor coverage is barely. Mike, let's move on. This next preview brought to you by Section103.com. Mike, do you know about Section103.com? Joey, I am uh, soon to be a proud owner of a Georgia Tech t-shirt from Section103.com. You are stoked looking at that collection. There were, there were things, again, as a Virginia Tech guy, you were all about. Yeah, I, Section103 is like the next, in my opinion, could be the next home field with some of the designs I had on there. Absolutely. Like, and if you think I'm full of it, go check out Section103. Section103.com. Uh, Stephen Little does a brilliant job running that website. It's only... Uh, only about three months old, I believe, since the the site was released and, and the apparel was released. But uh, they have a, a, apparel in official tech gold for Georgia Tech uh, with the new wordmark that was released uh, just a couple of years ago in the branding refresh. You can't really find those things elsewhere, somehow, some way. But Stephen Little does a great job of incorporating those things. It includes the ATL logo that Jeff Collins has started using that is on the uh, the field in Atlanta. Shirts are super soft, super comfortable. I've got a couple of the performance shirts that are so light, so well-made, um, high-quality stuff. They feel great. Highly recommend it. Um, there's stuff for men, women, youth. And, and Mike, the cool thing, too, is that you get to actually vote on what the next design to be released will be. So um, he wants to give you some in- input on it as well. All I'm saying, Mike, if you're listening to this Georgia Tech preview and you're looking for some Georgia Tech apparel, as I so often am, T-shirts, hoodies, all sorts of good stuff, go to section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Once again, that is section103.com. Promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Shout out to Steven and the gang. Um, really some high quality products that look great and we are so excited to be partnered with them this year. And once again, they are bringing you this following preview 7 30 PM on the ACC network, my Georgia tech yellow jackets hosting the Northern Illinois Huskies, Georgia tech, a, a an 18 point home favorite total is 57. Mike, I got to tell you, I'm a little uncomfortable with Georgia tech giving 18 points in a game against about anybody. Oh, man. But Northern Illinois is so bad. They are pretty bad. They have hit some hard times. I'm on Georgia Tech, Joey. I, I'm i with you. Um, E-team's a lot. And Georgia Tech hasn't consistently proven under Jeff Collins they can cover a spread like that. But, Joey, not only am I on it, I'm on it with some confidence, buddy. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah, this is, a, this is a bet for me. I, I'm actually going to bet 20 on this as well. It's one of my favorite bets of the weekend, actually, in the ACC. I'm actually going to take Georgia Tech to cover the spread comfortably. I can't believe I'm saying that. I can't believe I'm with you. <laughs> um, and I'm going to put 30 Van Gorder coin on that. There it is. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I think this is a situation where I, I think Georgia Tech this year is going to be a little better than people expect them to be. Um, I, I think the level of impact 
that they're going to get from some of the transfers that they've brought in is going to be pretty striking. And this is a game against a, a pretty sad sack Northern Illinois team where I think Georgia Tech is going to get the opportunity to run it up a little bit, and I think they're going to take it. I think they're going to try it. This is, this is a coaching staff, by the way, Mike. I don't know if you know this. They like to build hype around the team and around the program. Really? They do. Um, it's, it's 404 the culture, Mike, of course. But, um, yeah, I think they're going to take this and, and use the opportunity to win, like, 45 to 10 or something and be like, look at us. We won by 35 points and just don't, don't, don't worry about who it was against. <laughs> right. They still doing uh, like staff breakfast at Waffle House and stuff like that. Uh, Posting all over social media. Yeah. Probably. Oh yeah. I mean that, that stuff is like a weekly practice occurrence and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll try to hype it up and, and it'll be great. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm, Back to this game in particular, I'm going to be under here on the total. Um, total is 57. Northern Illinois is not very good. Um, don't think they score a lot. I'm also not sure Georgia Tech gets in the 40s. Like, could be like 38 to 10 or something. I'd... Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that as well. Give me, yeah, give me actually a small bet. I'll, I'll put 10 Van Gorder coin on the under. Um, yeah mostly out of the thought that Northern Illinois is not going to give them a whole lot of help in terms of getting there. And at that point, you know, if, again, if Georgia tech decides to stop at like 42 points, I mean, I don't, I don't see Northern Illinois scoring two touchdowns, but we'll see. Small bet for me. Small bet. All right. Well, I mean, we're, we're uh, both happily riding with Georgia tech to get to one and oh, and not lose to like the Citadel or, Something. No, that's next week, Mike. That's when they play Kennesaw State. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the, Kennesaw, the Kennesaw State thing, we've been kind of joking about that all year, but uh on now. I want you to keep this number in mind, Mike. Georgia Tech is an 18-point home favorite against Northern Illinois. Let's mm-hmm. see what they are next week against Kennesaw State. <laughs> Let's Better be see. more. It, <laughs> Better be by more. We'll see. We'll see. Moving on, Mike, 7 o'clock on CBS Sports Net. The Syracuse Orange on the road in Athens, Ohio, taking on the Ohio Bobcats. Syracuse, a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. Total is 55-and-a-half. Mike, Syracuse is only a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Ohio. How do we feel about that? Joey, I don't have many rules, but I'll tell you one rule I do have. When the game is basically a pick em and you have a home dog, you know who you pick? Oh, the home dog, Ohio plus one and a half. Joey, we're going to go for a three for on this podcast. Locked Uh-oh. up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. It's lock been a long up. off season. Mike. <laughs> and I may have a fourth later. Triple I have so many spreads. I love quad barrel locks. Goodness. There gracious. might be a quad barrel lock later. Um, Yeah, dude, there, there are so many. There's so many just lines that are juicy this weekend. Ripe for the picking the ACC. And this is one of them. Um, Ohio is replacing Frank Zola, who literally retired like six weeks ago. But when you're still only a one-and-a-half-point underdog after that, that tells you everything you need to know about the state of the Syracuse football program, which is not very good. Um, I, I, think, I think that Syracuse should win the football game, Joey. I think they should win the football game. By one? They also suck. <laughs> so good chance they don't. Um, 
I this is more out of principle than anything. It's like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be in like your fourth year. Is this year four for Dino Babers? Year five? Five? Yeah. I think it's year five. Um, you shouldn't be going on the road. Hold on, double I'm, check I'm, that. Double, I'm double, double checking double this. Check Hold that on. real quick. <laughs> double check that. I'll keep rambling. Um, Nate Mink is like screaming in the background. Oh, you guys are idiots! You guys are idiots! Uh, this is um, year six. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, this is going to even further amplify my point. Shouldn't be in year six. Man, it's starting the same year as Fuente. Oh my god. <laughs> you shouldn't be in year six going on the road to Athens, Ohio. Not even Athens, Georgia. Athens, Ohio, and being only a one and a half point favorite. I'm just Joey, not feeling good about the orange, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh by the way, SP Plus has Ohio favored on a neutral field here. <laughs> Oh my God, it's happening! So that's um, yeah. before you even put in home field advantage. I uh, yeah, um, I I am less confident than my other picks so far. So let me get let me get ten Van Gore coin on this. Um, I like Ohio outright though, and as far as the the total is concerned, fifty five and a half. I mean, I I guess the under. I no idea, yeah. no idea. I'll just I'll just take the under. It's week one. Sure. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll ride that random lean under with you. Um, I was going to take Syracuse, Mike, just kind of on principle of like, come on, Syracuse. You got to eat. You can't lose this, right? Right. Yeah. Like they're, they're not really going to lose this game, are they? But Mike, I got to tell you when you, when you see things like you see where uh, Bill C has him has Ohio favored outright. I, I can't turn that down. That, that was like a four point favorite on a neutral field. So like six in Athens. Yeah. That's that I'm getting seven and a half points of value there, whatever it is. Yeah, give me the Bobcats. I think they're gonna win the game outright. Um can I, I don't can like I, I don't you, like it, but I think it, that's what it is. Can I ask you a question real quick? Please do. What do you got going on next weekend? Next weekend. Uh, yeah, you're not too busy, are you? I mean I've got a kid, so I'm well, yeah, inherently well. fairly busy. But Okay. Uh, no, I, I could uh, I could probably make some time. Your, your your wife likes money, right? She does. Okay, good. Um, no Babers might need some movers. This is a football game, and <laughs> it's going to be and hard beer? for. Look, it's it's going to be hard for me to be in Syracuse because if Virginia Tech loses by more than two scores, I'm going to have to be in Black. So I'm going to have to stay in Blacksburg help Fuente pack up. So <laughs> just keep that in mind, okay? Keep that in mind. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, sorry, Orange, but uh, I think Ohio is uh, maybe starting your season off on a bad note there. I hope you have another walk because I'm just going to be full degenerate if you don't have a second in here somewhere. God, I don't know if I do. I might have to go back and put another one in here in a minute when we uh, when we get to the end. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. There is a total that is nuts down here that yeah. <laughs> might, have out to, control. might have to out fire control. on on principle. Yeah. Out of control. We shall see. Yeah. Let's move on. Four o'clock on the ACC network. The Pitt Panthers playing host to the UMass Minutemen. Spread is 38 points. Jesus. In favor of the Panthers. Mike totals 56, which is something like an implied score of like, I don't know. What is that? Like 40, 46, 45 to 11 or 
I don't even know how this works. 47 to 10 or something like that. I don't know. That's this is nuts. Oh, 47 man. to nine. I think it is. Oh my God. I can't bet on Walt Bell at UMass, right? Like, nope. <sighs> Taking pit. <laughs> I don't look. I, I bet on Wake Forest to cover 31 earlier, you know? And <laughs> I, I, and not only did I bet it, Joey, I locked it up. I you, locked were, uh, it. you were the leader of the sickos on this show tonight. Yes, but but listen, listen, listen to me here. Like, <laughs> UMass, UMass has to be better than Old Dominion, right? Well, Mike, I... I regret to inform you. I'm looking at UMass's results from last year. They played four games and they scored 12 points <laughs> combined in four <laughs> games. One of them was a game where they scored two points. <sighs> they Joey, got shut out SP twice plus, in four. What does SP games. Plus say about these two teams? Oh, yeah, and I'm not in pit UMass. I'm talking UMass and Old Dominion. What's uh, SP plus Old Dominion would be a point and a half favorite on a neutral field. I like Pittsburgh to win and I like them to cover. I will not be locking this up because 38 is an entire touchdown more. And I just don't think Pittsburgh's offense is as good as Wake Forest. Fair enough. That's, that's, that's how I'm reasoning my way into not locking this up. Now I will be <laughs> placing a little wager on it though. Oh yeah. Put a little on this podcast. I will not be doing it in real life. Give me 10 Van Gorder coin on this because I feel like I almost have to after picking Wake Forest and locking it up earlier. I will be betting the Wake Forest game, by the way. Full disclosure. Mm-hmm. We'll be betting it. I will be betting it. Um, I'd, Wake Forest has a lot of ways to move the ball. They're a lot more dynamic. Um, so I think they'll cover a 31-point spread. Pittsburgh is a little bit different. Um, they have talent. Don't get me wrong. I just think Wake Forest offense is more explosive. So I, I think Pitt cruises against UMass. I don't this game will never be competitive. Um I I I see you populating the spreadsheet. I will be on the under here as well. Um <sighs> Yeah. I I mean it's put give, give me give me ten Van Gorder coin on the under as well, Joey. I'll just there you do go. it. Attaboy. Continue. Sorry to cut you off. Continue. Just just talk through it, Mike. Just bet through Sorry. it, talk through it, all that. You are my 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 wife's a counselor and we're the counselor when she's asleep. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I mean I guess Pittsburgh. And and that's again, that's a play on how bad UMass is a little bit. I mean I, I don't I don't want to give thirty eight points in good conscience like with, with anybody at any point, but um I mean that's UMass is rough. Like to the point that again, thirty eight sounds like it's nuts from a point spread standpoint. Start right. factoring in home field advantage. SP plus says something like 36, 37. Like that's, <laughs> that's almost on the money. So yeah. I, yeah. I mean, Pitt could easily win this game like 45, nothing or, yeah. or something, you know, put it, put a, a shutout together. So yeah, Pitt, no bet for me. I'll, I'll take the under no bet on that either. Just, I mean, UMass is America's team. The minute men. Yeah. Well, Paul Revere has been gone for a long time, Mike. And it's uh, they really haven't scored since he got since he got taken care of. So. Oh no! Oh no! 
Oh man. They played four every games. Male. They played four games against Georgia Southern, Marshall, Florida Atlantic, and Liberty. They lost forty one to nothing, fifty one to ten, twenty four to two, and forty five to nothing. So if they were a thirty eight point dog in all four of those games, they would have covered once. <laughs> and none of them was a power five opponent. Listen, Joey, UMass is bad. Okay. There's no doubt about it, right? UMass is bad. In a word. But, you know, if we get enough males over the age of 45, we might have enough sympathy bets on the event. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, moving on, Mike. Two more games on Saturday. We don't have point spreads for these because these are FCS matchups. But just real quick, uh, noon on the ACC Network, Boston College playing host to Colgate. And 7.30 p.m. on ESPN3. Take your pick of kind of where to stream this. Virginia playing host to William and Mary. I figure we're expecting pretty easy walkthrough wins for both of those programs. Yep. Good. All right. On to week two. On to week two. Uh, actually, two more games. Sunday. No, I, I'm sorry. I meant for those two teams in particular. Yeah. On to week two. Just keep everybody healthy. It's, yep. There might be a spread that comes out Saturday morning or something like that. They'll they'll win big. Just your call on how big you think they're going to win. That's it. Right. Uh, by the way, don't bet those games at all. on ABC on Sunday, September the 5th, the number nine Notre Dame Fighting Irish on the road heading to Tallahassee, taking on James Coleman's Fighting Florida State Seminoles. Notre Dame only a seven and a half point favorite on the road. Seems a little suspect, Mike. Uh, Is is that a line that stinks to where you uh, you might want in on Florida State? Florida State's got an average run defense, don't they? I yeah something like that hopefully <laughs> yeah average if they're lucky um, quad lock lock oh, it no. up give me the Irish oh my gosh you lock it up lock it up lock it up lock it up please you're a madman absolute madman I may need to be put in a corner if not a single one of these hit um, <laughs> I might already be in the penalty box in week two um, <laughs> Notre Dame's got two really good running backs in Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree. I, like most people, do not expect Notre Dame to be playoff good this year. I expect them to take a step back because I don't think Jack Cohn's very good. Um, but Notre Dame's running backs are really talented, and they do have some skill position talent coming back at wide receiver. I don't trust Florida State's defense to stop Notre Dame for four quarters. I think Florida State could definitely keep this competitive because I do think Florida State is a team that um, will be better. Now, how much that translates to wins and losses, that's another question. Uh, Notre Dame is seven and a half points better than Florida State, Joey. Give me the Irish here. Yeah. Yep. With some confidence, obviously. Yep. With some confidence. No, I, I think I agree. Um, this, this spread has gotten so small. It's like I wanted to bet Florida State in this spot at home, new season, Notre Dame replacing a lot, like all of that. But this just reeks of... This this is the spot that I would pick Florida State and then would be embarrassed for doing so. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to develop some self awareness here, Mike, and trying to develop as a person. I've been working hard on this. And in, no. and, and and trying to progress as a person means I can't pick Florida State in this spot. We've got to move forward, Mike. We've got to move on and, and improve ourselves in life. I'm not doing right. it again with Florida State. Okay. So why don't you lock this up then? <laughs> Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. I'll do it. You should. All right. Double barrel. 
You better lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Double barrel locks, Mike. Fine. Fine. Don't tempt me with a good time. I mean, you're you're taking the Irish with some confidence here, I can tell. So That's you right. may as well just... I mean, Joe, you're you're still locking up half the games I am here. Come on. <laughs> I'm, out of, I'm out of control on this podcast, clearly. It's not about how many locks you make, Mike. It's about how you use them or something like that. Um, I... Yeah, you know what? Let's just... Since since I'm locking it up, we'll go ahead and throw twenty Van Gorder coin on Notre I'm there. Dame here. I'm there with you. Twenty for you as well. Yep, twenty for me as well. I'm leaning under. We're getting out over the skis this week. I've already got a hundred of my five hundred Van Gorder coin on the board. You've got a hundred and ten on the board. Yeah, I, actually, I think we both have a hundred and ten. Yeah, because I had some on a total as well. So yeah, good start. Uh, spray the board as we do. Um, yeah, for the same reasons as you. I I mean. I don't think that Florida State is yet at the point of a program that they're able to hang with Notre Dame for four quarters. Right. Um, I I wanted to be able to pick Florida State again, like Notre Dame having to replace a lot on offense. Um, switching from Ian Book to Jack Cohn does not feel like an upgrade to me. And no downgrade. Ian Book was not like a, a lights out game changing force at quarterback either. So you know downgrading from that. It's like I feel like Florida State should be able to keep this close, but I need to see it first before I can pick them to do it. I mean, the reason why Notre Dame hasn't been able to consistently win in a playoff-type uh, matchup is because they're lacking dynamic skill talent at quarterback, and you have mentioned that multiple times, and I agree with you. That's what's keeping Notre Dame from being like Clemson, Ohio State, Bama, Georgia consistently. Not yeah. that Georgia's been there consistently, but, you know, right. just sliding that in there. <laughs> um, I am, Joey, I'm going to go with the under here. I could see this being like 31-20, like 31-17, something like that. I yeah. think it stays yeah. under under a total. That was kind of the the range that I had in mind was something like a 31-21 to 21 or, or something along those lines. But the more that I think about it, if, if Notre Dame is just going to be able to hammer – Florida State in the run game and you know move the ball down the field as they will. I I also just I feel like Florida State's offense is going to cook up some points, you know, across the game in general. I don't know that it'll be enough to cover. I don't know. I'm gonna just I'm gonna say over, but I don't feel good about it. I'm certainly not gonna put any of my precious hard-earned Van Gorder pesos on that at all, though. No. So. No. And Van Gorder's not gonna put any of his on either because he doesn't have a job. <laughs> I actually think he's like coaching a high school team. Yeah. Bishop that's... Sycamore, it turns out, but <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, no, but on the real, I think he is actually coaching an actual high school team in yes. like yeah, in Mobile, Alabama or something like that. So he might come over yep. for the game, might come say hi to his buddies at Notre Dame. Who knows? He gets along real well with Brian Kelly from what I heard. <laughs> uh, last one, Mike, eight o'clock on Monday, September 6th. It's Labor Day night. It's on ESPN. It is the Louisville Cardinals and the Ole Miss Rebels from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Ole Miss is a 10.5-point favorite uh, in favor of the Fighting Kiffins. Total is 75.5 points, Mike. And I told you on the Louisville preview, I cannot wait to hit the over on this. So I am already way out over the skis. It doesn't matter. Give me the over. Give me 10 Van Gorder pesos. On the over 75 and a half in this game. This game is going to be nuts, and I can't wait. I'm with you. Over. I'm betting the over. I'll put 10 on as well. Attaboy. I'm actually 
I, I will be betting the over in real life. Like I will be betting it. Um, this is preposterous. <laughs> it is. It really is. 75 and a half is not a real life total in week one. <laughs> and we're going over. <laughs> and, yet, and yet, and yet it is. And we're going over. <sighs> Implied score here, I believe, is something like 43-33, which really feels like within reach by a, by quite a bit. I'm, 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 I think I'm betting on Ole Miss here, Joey. I, I think I got Ole Miss covering. Covering 10 um, and a half? Yeah. I, I think Louisville loses outright. I, I don't win this game, but... I, Ten and a half sounds about right. For purposes of this podcast, I'm I'm gonna take Ole Miss against the spread. I, I think ten and a half is a really, really good line here though. Yeah. I mean something like a forty five thirty one would get you half a point past that total. Right. And it right. feels about right. Right. I'm gonna take Louisville. It's a little bit of a wishful thing, just as like a like from a covering standpoint. I, I agree with you that I think Ole Miss wins this game. Uh, but I think Louisville is able to do enough to keep it close. I, I really don't think this is a game where Scott Satterfield and his staff are going to see it as like an outgun situation and try to bleed clock and try to slow the game down and you know minimize the possessions. Like I think they're going to try to turn it into a little bit of a track meet and and see if they can get a couple turnovers here or there. But ultimately, I mean, I, I just think Ole Miss has a more talented roster. I think they're going to be able to be able to pull the game out and and, and win it when when all, all is said and done. It's reasonable. Um, so give me Louisville plus the ten and a half, but I think Ole Miss wins on the field for what that's worth. I just, I just can't get past the total. I'm so excited for this game. It's going to be it nuts. Outrageous. They're going to be talking about Satterfield interviewing for the South Carolina job and talking about Kiffin doing Kiffin things and. There's going to be points galore, and it's going to be Labor Day night, and you know you're almost going to be tired of football again. But boy, you're going to have a great television program to watch for like four and a half hours on Monday night. Yeah, because they're not going to stop throwing incomplete passes, Joey. I really, I really can't bet this in real life, can I? Like, should I do that? I mean, you you could, but if you're taking. I don't know. I, I don't see a good way to bet this in real life. Like ten and a half is a lot to give, but Ole Miss again is more talented. You know, maybe a little more established. Like Matt Corral is going to be, a, you know, a high draft pick I, next year. Like that's. I, I don't. I don't get. I don't give a shit about the spread, Joey. The total. <laughs> the total. I bet the spread. I'm oh, not I, betting I, the spread. I'm with you. Oh, I might throw a couple shekels on the spread and just, yeah. you know, have a couple drinks and see how it goes. I don't know. We'll see. Sounds like fun. <laughs> Had worse Monday nights. That's right. That's right. Mike, that's all I got. Anything else on these games? Got a little liberal with the locks, but I really do feel really good about all four of those games. So, just to recap, uh, I have 20, <laughs> 20 Van Gorder pesos on NC State, 20 Van Gorder pesos on a locked up Duke minus six and a half. 30 Van Gorder coin on Georgia Tech, minus 18. 10 Van Gorder coin on Ohio, plus the one and a half. 
and 20 Van Gorder coin on Notre Dame locked up minus seven and a half. This whole week is preposterous. Yes, it really is. 10 more Van Gorder coin under 57 in Georgia Tech NIU and 10 on over 75 and a half Louisville Ole Miss. You, Mike, have 20 on a locked up Virginia Tech minus five and a half or plus five and a half, 20 on a locked up Wake Forest minus 31. 20 Jesus. On, <laughs> 20, 20 on Georgia Tech minus 18, 10 on Ohio plus one and a half, 10 on Pittsburgh minus 38, 20 on Notre Dame minus seven and a half, 10 on Pittsburgh and UMass under 56, and now 10 on Ole Miss and Louisville over 75 and a half. And how many bets do you just outright disagree with? <laughs> Not many of them. No, we had a lot of crossover on those, actually. We did. We did. So, yeah, no uh, no blame here. Just, man, spray the board, baby. Spray the board. Hey, we're both losing a bunch of money. Um, if you guys take, my, uh, again, if you guys take my locks seriously, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> That's on you. <laughs> that's that's on, yeah, that, that's on you. I, I didn't say I was good at this. I just said that I had some opinions. I'm just the guy with the microphone, Mike. <laughs> I yeah, you guys subscribe to this. Not my problem. <laughs> Keep subscribing, by the way. Please do. I don't want to give you the wrong idea, but yeah. That's... We love you all. Right. All right, Mike. Busy week. We said 13 games. 11 of them required somewhat in-depth previews. So this has been a little longer than normal, but looking forward to going and watching these games. Anything else before we get out of here? Yeah. Real quick, do you have any non-ACC games that you're interested in from a betting standpoint? And it, it won't count with being quarter coin or anything like that, but I, I feel like there's at least one I have my eye on, and I'm sure I'll bet more, but there's there's one that really stands out to me. Yeah, hit um, me with it. I like Louisiana plus eight and a half at Texas. Um, Interesting, okay, yep. Okay, now I suspect Steve Sarkeesian will be better than Tom Herman. Um, Louisiana is a well-coached team. Yeah. Like Napier's got them boys coached well. They played in big, you know, played in big games last year. They generally show well in national TV games. This will be one of them. Um, I like Louisiana's opportunity here on the road to it, it, at the very least cover a lot of hype surrounding Sarkeesian in Texas. I think it's all warranted. I just don't know if they're going to be able to just blow out a really well-coached Louisiana team in week one. Does Louisiana win outright? Yeah, they certainly could, but I think the juice is worth the squeeze on plus eight and a half on Louisiana. So I will be betting that. Yep. Uh, I am interested in Oregon State plus seven at Purdue. Oh, Uh, yeah. It's another one I like. Yep. And plus 235 on the money line, by the way. Might be interested in that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in Houston plus one in, in Houston at NRG Stadium against Texas Tech. Uh, might be interested on that money line, although that's not currently posted as we're currently recording this. Um, and then there was, where's the Michigan State game? There, I knew I was interested in that, too. i got to figure out what that spread was. Um, I am getting more interested by the day in LSU minus three against UCLA. I don't mind that. I think that's an overreaction at UCLA beating a pretty mediocre Hawaii team last Saturday. I mean, UCLA's quarterback did not look good in that game. Dorian Thompson Robinson cannot complete a 10 yard in square in 
So until he can do that, I'm not going to be picking UCLA much. Yeah. Now they have the the Michigan running back Zach Sharp, and they transferred any pretty good running back. But I I'm with you, and I I think that's a little bit of an overreaction to UCLA just beating the brakes off of a mediocre at best Hawaii team. Yep. Yep. Uh, the other one I was looking at, Mike, was Michigan Friday night, Michigan State plus three or plus 135 on the money line against Northwestern. Um, I, yeah. I think that is very much a winnable spot for for them. So, yep. uh, yeah, there's a number of these that I'm interested in. And honestly, there, there might be more that I'm interested in actually betting outside mm-hmm. of the ACC than in this weekend, which. Yes. Yeah. And not, uh, some of this just a normal trend euphoria. Yeah, not, not going to be a normal trend for me, but. But yeah, there seems like there's some value out there for sure. Yeah. Uh, Boise State plus five and a half gets UCF. So just take a look at that too. Don't hate that. Won't be on it myself, but don't hate it. Yeah. Take a look at it. Might want to. Might want to. Mike, that's all I got. Anything else? Solid week one preview. Um, Back in the saddle, baby. Really interested to see how things turn out this weekend. Yeah, I think there's a number of interesting matchups, interesting spreads. Um, should be a nice tone setter here. And it just, damn it, it feels good to be it back does. to like a normal, a relatively normal season. It just, it, it feels really good. I, this kicks so much more ass than last year. It does. Now, last year, like having college football at the end of the summer that was like, that in itself kind of kicked ass, but... Yes. Getting to regular normal college football once again really kicks ass. Yeah, like I'll I'll be at Lane Stadium Friday night. How's that feel? Like, let's let's go. <laughs> like tailgating pregame show. Like let's let's do this thing, Joe. Hokey House? Hokey House? We're back, baby. I don't even know I I've heard of Hokey House. I've never been. We'll go one day. I will be there. Pregame show will be there. And a boy, and boy, shout out to uh, Paul Van Wagner and Andrew Alex. Yes, yeah, big shout out. Big shout on out. the air with the two of them for yep. better or worse. <laughs> All right, Mike, let's work on getting out of here. Let's go watch these games. We're gonna come back. I don't know if we're gonna do this like Sunday or Monday night or, or when we'll do the recap. We might not. We might not have recaps of every single one of these games when we come do the recap. This is always the week one thing where you have like the Labor Day night game and it's like we got to put out a preview a day or two later. And it's like so anyways, we'll come back at some point and recap all these games in some form or fashion. We've done we've done it a couple different ways with the recap there in week one where it's split like this. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, please. So stay tuned. Keep it tuned here to this uh, this channel of your podcast feed. Uh, We'll make sure to keep you up to date with recaps of all these games in some form or fashion and we'll preview week two coming up. Uh, we are going to get out of here. We're going to go watch these games and be back in a little bit. Until then, find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel SOS. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast. Please go find us there. Uh, they can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, where else can they find us on the social medias, Mike? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of your podcasts there. Also check us out on Instagram at BC podcast ACC, Joey. Please do. Please do. Uh, go check us out there. Do it for the gram. Uh, I think that's it. Yep. Mike, it's been fun. Looking forward to recapping these games. Pace yourself this weekend, Joey. I won't. I promise. Okay, good. <laughs>
<laughs> going to be uh, ODing on football, I'm sure. So it'll That's be right. Some other stuff. That's right. All right. You pace yourself as well, especially at the book, because I know that you're uh, you're ready to fire off these, these locks. I'm, I'm yep. I, yeah. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. All right. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy the games. And until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.